With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange. A fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. So it's the end of an era at Celtic as it was finally confirmed this week that one of the biggest figures in the club's modern history would be moving on. We all knew that day would come someday but the news was still pretty hard to process when we heard. Anyway, good luck to Jeremy Frimpong at Bayer Leverkusen, sure he'll do well out there. In other news, Peter Lowell's return in June. Welcome to the Celtic Exchange, this is Tino and joining me today to discuss this as well as our incredible performance against St Mirren are Miff and Kenny. Welcome both to the show. Miff, what have you made of this week's news? Where to start, Tino? Where to start? I think I'll just start with the, the game, firstly. I think what you're seeing on the park just now is a, a rudderless vessel that is really of our own making. It's self-harm by not making the correct decisions at the right time and by that I don't necessarily mean on the park I mean in relation to the uh, the choices of the board and keeping Lennon in situ because we, we have saw this car crash develop over a period of time and Lennon seems to continually be surviving sacking events you know Ferns Varos sacking event Rangers game at home performance wise was a sacking event for me the Ross County elimination sacking event going to Ibrox needing to win and then losing sacking event Taking the team to Dubai, coming back and proclaiming victory, only having one positive test, sacking event, using the inverted commas in an interview, sacking event. Um, so I could go on, but what you're seeing is, in my opinion, Celtic are a special club. I'm, I'm biased, but but they are. The connection they have with their fans is, is special. And what you have now is the, the soul of the club being eroded because the fans have made their displeasure fairly well known. And you're seeing them being treated with contempt by the board and the people that run the club because they're just being blatantly ignored. It's through arrogance and complacency at board level. Very, very frustrating time just now to be a Celtic fan after the, the unbridled success of the last uh, nine years. As I have said a few times, the darkest hour is before the dawn and if it gets any darker, <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, so I, I, th- that's that's how I'm, I'm feeling at the moment. I, it's almost like you became numb the on the park stuff. You get frustrated while you're watching it. But whereas before a Celtic defeat, even at the start of the season, was maybe lingering on me for days, the the poor the poorness of performance is um, is lasting on me only for minutes now because it's almost like it's expected. You've pre- you're prepped for it. You're used to it. It bounces off you and you move on with your day. And that's exactly what I'm feeling. Around. Yeah, I mean that's what it's come to. So Ken and I done the post match reaction uh, before we come on the mics here and. We spoke about, amongst other things, that it's the first time in three decades that St Myrna have won at Celtic Park. And you're kind of just accepting it. You know, you're, you're rolling with it and going, ah, that's just where we are just and, now. And according to Peter Martin, Paul Lambert scored for St Myrna that day. <laughs> so when you, just when you think about all of that. 
Yeah. What about yourself, Ken? Obviously, you and I, as I say, covered things in a wee bit of uh, detail today, but where do you, how do you feel? Myth is saying the darkest hours before the dawn, it can't get any darker. It li- yeah. the, the, the lights are out for this team. It's, that's it. <laughs> the, nice. the, the disco lights are out. <laughs> the disco lights are out. It's just so clear that this, this team has ran its course. Uh, unfortunately, they, they've gave us great success. It's just unrecognisable from what we've seen over the last few years. And... We, we knew a change was needed. We've been banging on for a change. And it, the, the idea it has been floated by few. Some people have mentioned the idea of Lennon possibly being there next year. The results like that, you know, are just, that's it. There's no way that Lennon can be there next year. That I, I, I myself posed the question to you two lads because kind of just as, as my role here in terms of kind of, you know, steering the conversation, but I've asked it almost tongue in cheek. But the way this board, as you say, with every passing sackable result when they don't take action you're thinking could they possibly keep Lenny in place for next year as I mentioned in, in, in the post-match Lawwell has a chance now to endear himself it'll be too little too late but endear himself to the fans before he goes and make the right call now do it now don't you, wait for the new guy to come in you, just make the decision now you just wonder how reluctant he is to, to sack a club legend a legend whose status unfortunately is diminishing with each passing uh, result and um, fr- from what I'm seeing I try not to be swayed too much by the opinions of my my friends because you try to just form your own opinion but what I'm seeing across the board is Lennon's stature amongst Celtic fans is, is getting fairly precarious now that there are some who remain loyal steadfastly loyal just say look he's a club legend what he's doing now shouldn't affect how, how his contribution to the club is viewed I still feel like that barely now it's getting to the point where it's becoming I'd say selfish on his part because he's he's digging his heels in. He clearly can't do the job in motivating these players. What Lennon's legacy, what doing with his legacy is much like what like you'll see with people who are judging Lowell's legacy in years to come. It's going to be a balancing act now between what he done pre ruining the ten and then this year. I think when you look back at what Lennon's done for the club, you'll take it in the context of what he done as a player and then what he done in his first spell. And this this spell is always going to be used against him in the argument that he's not a club legend or that you know I I still love Lennon I still I still it doesn't take away from what he's done previously but I would I would like him now to to do you know the, the best thing for the club and put put the club before him. But on that point though, Kenny, I'm, I, I've been really disappointed with his attitude if I'm being honest, um, because if you listen to what he's saying, he's making it about him. It's not about the club, and that that to me says right, okay. The contribution and the service that you've given the club has been phenomenal. But likewise, you were remunerated accordingly to do that over a, over a number of years, and are still being at this point. So, you know, the service aspect and element of it only goes so far. Let, let's take into account the things that he went through in order to represent us. You know that that is money in the bank. That the fact remains um, that he was subjected to some horrific abuse over a number of years in order to do that. And I think what's what's most telling to me is. He didn't come out and do an interview with Celtic TV tonight. That is just outright disrespectful to the fans who have paid It's also a disrespectful lot of money. To, to internal colleagues because uh, they're under pressure to get an interview with the manager and he's letting but, the guys he works uh, with down. Bugger the colleagues because they're getting paid to be there. We, we've, we've paid. We've paid to watch that. We've watched it. Get the manager on and tell us by continually shuffling the same pack what changes do you expect to get? Just answer that question for us. And also, can you give us an insight as to what what exactly are you working on in training other than the Celtic social media page of those sprints to the polls? Because that's all, that's all I've ever seen. P- Peter, uh, Peter Martin put it to him in the presser before the game. 
do you know are, are you sort of do you owe Lowell this backing that he's given you and it was a sort of question posed around you know do, do you owe him um, you know something for giving you the chance to redeem yourself this year and he, he didn't like that question either he's like what do you mean you know and any difficult question that's posed to him by any me, me, uh, member of the media is getting batted off but that was one from Celtic TV and yeah. that's maybe why he's refused to come out and do he's that become particularly, he's become particularly spiky and, and you made a point there Miff and I think it's a great point about it has become about him there was a line that I highlighted after the the draw against Livingston uh, you know in the snow covered pitch uh, last midweek and one of the lines so it's almost quite sad to hear it but he used the line I can't walk away it's my life and he said he said words very close to, to that if not that exactly and that that in itself tells you just where he's at. He absolutely adores this club. It's become his life's work. But when it's become detrimental to this club, he's not saying it's my life. Instead of looking at the club as a whole and saying this isn't working, he's looking in the words and saying, I can't walk away, this is me. I cannot say I agree with that sentiment at this point because if you do love the club, you cannot be sitting there saying that you're the right man to take it forward when you clearly have a playing staff who are not playing for you. That is as simple as that. But my concerns are more around the fitness levels of the players because they have no intensity whatsoever. And I think that's because they're not fit enough. The discipline of the players because they keep losing the same types of goals. It's absolute powder puff stuff. The glaring deficiencies there are in the playing squad where we need backup and we have had no one come in. We've got £11 million sitting in the bank as of three days ago and not one penny that's been spent yet. It's very, very obvious where, where the concerns come from. The culmination of that and such a tepid performance against St Murn, because let's be honest, we never really looked at scoring the second half other than maybe the first 10 minutes. And what I will say is, I felt the start of the second half, maybe for a 20-minute spell, we played well in terms of our control of the game, but part of that was because St Murn dropped so deep. We actually never looked at scoring, though, and you're thinking, what can we do to change this? And it's the same changes all the time. There's no imagination. There's no creativity. The, the small burst that Sorrow and Turnbull brought into the team looks like it's been coached right out of them already. They're just falling into line with the rest of the team. Sideways, backwards passes, with no intensity, with no creativity. Fire the ball into Edward at knee height and hope that he takes a good touch and beats a man. That's, that seems to be the, the tactic. So what Lennon is seeing on the park is what we are seeing on the park. If you love the club as much as you say, don't make it about yourself. Make it about the club and bring somebody in that can progress the club because that we are not seeing that just now. Yeah, and also if Neil Lennon decides of his own accord not to walk away A from the club and B from the pretty healthy financial package that will be on offer as, as manager of Celtic, if he digs his heels in and says, I'm not leaving, Wilfa Wall Street style, can someone above him, Peter Lobel primarily, not just say, that's unfortunate, Neil, because it's run its course in Jurovsky. That's where the lack of leadership comes in. It shouldn't be left to Neil Lennon to make the decision. If he's digging his heels in and saying he's not going, remove him. Is that a 12-month rolling contract he's on? I believe so. So you would only need to pay up the remaining months of that, surely? Or do you get a, do you get a year paid? Regardless, it's a price worth paying, but you take my point. Yeah. I would have thought if it's a 12-month rolling one, surely it just gets paid up to the end of the, the term and then goes. Yeah. So the, the fact that him to, I mean, my, my solution for what it's worth, and I'm just going to chuck this in here now, mm -hmm. my solution would be get rid, bring Stratton in, uh, Gordon, not Gavin. Uh, bring Strachan to the end of the season because I don't think he's in a place just now where he would want to take the Celtic job full-time anyway. Bring Strachan at the end of the season, try and tighten it up at the back so that they don't concede so many stupid goals. It would probably be the same fare you'd be watching going forward, if I'm being perfectly honest, although he'd maybe try and bring a wee bit more width into things. But again, I'd, I think anyone who takes this job is in a no-lose situation. But whatever happens from this point onwards, Neil Lennon has to be removed from that position and it's that plain and simple. Yeah, absolutely. So 
I think it, I've said this before. I think it'll be a very interesting 24 hours ahead for Celtic. You could just cut, cut and paste that out of any of my previous recordings. <laughs> but, oh, here we go. And, and we've also said things like, surely we'll see action. But I feel if Lennon was p- perhaps delusional and thinking, you know, mathematically we're still in this and whatever else, he must now, if he didn't already know, realise that, that it is all but done. So there should be action. I just wonder if Peter Lowell doesn't want to be the guy that makes that decision. They've got such a good relationship and Peter Lowell is now on the clock for when he's moving on. But uh, a decision has to be made so I mean in terms of obviously big talking points at this moment in time Peter Lawwell is top of the tree so he announced this week that he'll be stepping down in June at the end of June after 17 years at the helm as chief executive of Celtic there's all the headlines about 29 trophies in those 17 years 13 league titles 4 trebles uh, Champions League last 16 on 3 occasions Kenny how do you think Peter Lawwell's time should be remembered? As I just said, on uh, how Lennon's legacy will be, it'll be remembered, it'll be a balancing act, um, and that'll be between his achievements, as you just mentioned, twenty nine trophies. Um, he presided over the likes of John Park coming in, who then we seen Van Dyke and Wanyama, and you know all the profits that were made from them, mm-hmm. Fraser Foster. But in the same token, you know, and, and it's mentioned when they're talking about achievements with Peter Lawwell that we reached the Champions League the uh, last 16 three times. Is the three times at a last uh, to make the last 16 out of 17 years a good return? I don't think so. Not when he is continuously banged on about we're a Champions League club, we're a Champions League club. Yeah. We've not acted like a Champions League, Champions League club un- under his watch. For me, that's what, what I mean by a balancing act. I mean, it'll, be, it'll come down to the f- football on terms. He's but he's he's um, he's just overstepped his power. But as as a CEO um, and and what he leaves the club in, in terms of you know brick and mortar that the stadium Lennox Town and the assets we have on and off the park he's done a good job there. It's yeah, just I, I seen the Celtic way on his role of honour and the Celtic way looks great, but it's like you're just throwing everything at that CV. With my fans head on, he's leaving at a terrible time f- from the point of view that the clubs need restructured and only a, a steady hand to take it through that. However, you could argue that Lowell's probably got too much influence to make the changes and the deep cuts that, that it requires for me like like most things in life there's a, there's a, a balance to it the, my financial services head tells me well he's done a fantastic job it's been a period of dominance when you'll get trophies won but it's been a financial period of dominance as well the issue i think we have and, and it was one of my friends that made this point i must confess i think it's a good one is that lowell coming in 2003 and inherited a you know Aging players on hefty contracts for for the kind of tail end of the annual era, that then culminated in Strachan being brought in. And whilst Lawwell was still new in the job, what Strachan taught him was you can you can win effectively on a budget, so you can stay ahead of Rangers by buying you know kind of better end SPL players, gambling on lesser known foreign players who are at a certain stage in their career, um, and and reduce the wage bill fairly markedly while still making the Champions League, which meant you know if you're Lawwell and you're being judged on the money that you're you're being brought in, it was actually you know it was it was winning the lottery for him because he was he was, he was gaining he was gaining in both both ends. What he did do at that time though, undoubtedly, you know, if you think of the kit manufacturer deals that we've had at that time, I think it was Nike. Mm-hmm. He struck a deal with Nike at that point in kind of kamikaze route that we've taken for the past six months. Even more baffling because the overall structure of the club is sound, um, the financial position of the club is sound, and that is thanks. To Peter Lowell, that can't be denied. It cannot, absolutely cannot be denied. So for all his detractors on his de facto director of football role, absolutely, it's merited and it probably has held the club back. And what I mean by that is, there's been maybe three times over the past seventeen years where Celtic have been 
on the precipice of having a really good team. They've had, a, or sorry, an exceptional team. They've had a really good team, and the investment would have just meant, would have just meant, we could have pushed on, and we could have looked to maybe, maybe have just got to that next level. And for whatever reason, probably best known to yourself, we have chosen to go back to our default position, which is just ahead of Rangers. Just above. That's the thing, as a club, Celtic rarely, if ever in history, strengthen from a, a position of strength. They wait till there's a dip and then try and salvage something. And I suppose, you know, timely, uh, Peter Lowell came in just after Seville and that was as good a Celtic team in modern history. Very, very close to winning the UEFA Cup that year. And obviously it was against a strong Porto who then, after winning that, won the Champions League the following year. So Celtic were one of the strongest teams in Europe at that time. Phenomenal players, of, of course, Larsons and Suttons and Hartsons, etc. But we were as strong as, as maybe some of us can remember and didn't capitalise on that time. Didn't capitalise on that domination to attract even better players to the club and, and to spend the money to kick on to a new level. And we then just ride the roller coaster. You dip a bit, you come back and win a couple of leagues and, and repeat that model. So yeah, it's disappointing that we, as you say, if we just settle for just ahead of Rangers. In terms of signings, um, obviously Peter Lowell and quoted as, as recently as yesterday by Neil Lennon, he's such a shrewd negotiator and, and he gets deals done and different things. He also loses deals. He gets deals not done. John McGinn being an example where I think it's quite obvious to everybody that Peter Lowell's ego came into play. And a bit of ego can be good and, and, and that type of role, you need to have that and that self-belief and confidence. But if ultimately we're losing out on huge assets and John McGinn would have been a, a fantastic signing. If we're losing out on, on those kind of deals because you don't go on with Rod Petrie or whoever your opposite number is, that's criminal. The, the club lose out because of, of, of pettiness and, and not wanting to lose face. So, And there's a number of stories down the line. You know, John McGinn's the big and recent one. Stephen Fletcher's another. And, there, and there's a number of... you know People talk about the Willow Flood transfer window, for example. Uh, I mean, so, so I mean, what, what's your take on that in terms of who we've signed? Again, it comes down to who's who's appointed and uh, the recruitment side of things. Although you don't know what ones he appointed himself. Oh, he's appointed. He's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. You don't know what, what mm. ones to credit him for and what ones to batter him with. Yeah, it's a lottery. Um, John Park, I thought, done a fantastic job, and Lawwell gets a lot of the credit for you know the the Winyamas and and um, Van Dykes and, and Fosters. But we, I don't think we have replaced John Park in the job that he'd done. We brought in Lee Conkerton, who I think was very much Brendan Rodgers' man. Nicky Hammond too obviously in the short time he's been there has, has, has been a failure so mm -hmm. you don't know what you can because Lobel's dabbled so much you don't know what you can credit with him what you can what you can batter him with I find it quite strange how you can fail to spot a good footballer I find that quite odd I get that because you should be able to say this guy knows football or not and therefore he can pick a player but what, what I would say in defence of all these guys the Nicky Hammonds the Lee Congertons John Parks is that I, I do believe that they go and do their scouting but you know digitally for a lot of a lot of that process nowadays, you know, you do your initial scouting online through the various um, bits of software and then you'll go and see a guy in person. And I believe they'll come back to Peter Lobel and says, all right, you told me you needed a, a centre-half. Here's three. I've got centre-half A, B and Shane Duffy. And Celtic go, nah, I'm not pushing the boy out for A. B's demanding too much wages. You'll get C. And and I saw him, a lot of Celtic fans get quite, I'll say uppity, snobby almost at the thought of Stephen O'Donnell and... Declan Gallagher coming in. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that would be Good to a, know you listen, Miff. That would be a, a retrograde step um, comparable to other players that we brought on or the standard squad that we've had over the past few years. But my converse argument to that would be we wouldn't be in the position that we're in if those two players were in the squad and available for selection. 
I do not believe that we would have been subjected to primarily because Duffy wouldn't have played if I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah. But we most likely wouldn't have conceded as many set-piece goals as we have with somebody who was properly dominant in there in, in his own box. And what also struck me was you watch other teams, I, I think um, I watched the, it was earlier on today, I watched Everton and Newcastle and both sides had tall strikers, physical strikers who were then coming back but also defending in their own box and how critical that seems to be in the modern game you know somebody like Calvert-Lewin with Charleston yeah. and I know eh, Newcastle actually scored for, for a free kick so I might not be making the best of points but Wilson um, was doing it in his own box as well we don't really ha- I know Edward Edward comes back but I noticed in, in, um, in the game Dembele uh, used to be good at that Aye, Dembele yeah, was Dembele good at that but I noticed through the week when Ajeti came on mm-hmm. he was defending the front post yeah. now, Ajeti isn't exactly the tallest guy in the world those wee things, right? Those wee marginal things just suggest to me it's it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. The, the full thing's all over the place. Um, and I, I, where we go next, Lowell's announcing of his exit does give you that hope that the, the change that's needed is coming. I think, Tino, you've been a, a big advocate of that whole structural change whereby the structure that sits above the playing squad and the, and the manager slash head coach remains fairly solid and fixed which means then you only need to replace that if it's not working mm-hmm. rather than you know the, the entire squad yep. but likewise coaches will come and go that's the nature of the game players will come and go that's the nature of the game but if you get that structure above it nice and solid we are both are working in cohesion because it doesn't seem like that's been happening for a long time you know it, it, I, I just don't feel even in the latter seasons under Rodgers that the manager wasn't bringing in his own players which is always a, a bit of a death knell and to think that we had Rodgers even though he's now going down as a as a rat but we had Rodgers there in situ and effectively didn't back him when he had taken us to the point you know qualified two seasons in a row for the Champions League mm-hmm. undisputed domestic dominance and we, we've chosen to, to effectively Lowell has kind of chosen to pick a fight with him yeah. over pettiness and it's led us to this path it's, it, it just seems that ego comes back yeah, back to play that's, at, that's at different exactly times. It. And we mentioned on last week's show about football being a relatively small world, certainly in the UK. And there's no doubt that Rogers, you know, there's the whole LMA set up down there, you know, managers association, and different gaffers will speak to different guys and there'll be messages doing the rounds. And there's no doubt that if we go for a, a UK based appointment, you know, if we don't take the European route, if you've got any savvy about you and you get offered it, you'll give Brendan a wee call and say, what's it like up there? You know, what am I dealing with? And obviously now that's going to change and I suppose that's why there's there's reasons for optimism. And I think Peter Lowell will and should be remembered fondly over the piece. It's hard to speak with gushing praise at this moment in time because we're watching this absolute car crash of a season. But in years to come, we'll look back and yeah, it'll be 29 trophies in 17 years. Someone asked the question, if Dominic Mackay returns 29 trophies in 17 years, will he be deemed a success? Absolutely, all day long. So, so that will remain to be seen. But the fact that Peter Lowell will no longer be in the building as of June. First and foremost, the fact that he, that control that he once had over all his managers will have been relinquished, that's got to be a positive you know, sign of, of what's ahead. And that's what gives you reasons for optimism in terms of the, what the future may bring. Yeah. Dominic Mackay comes in and as you say, that structure that you're talking about, that's his first, that's his first job is to put that in place. And it's to go out and, and find, I don't know whether it happens at the same time, whether you get your director of football and your manager at the same time, or whether it's a sort of chicken and egg scenario. Do, do you appoint a director of football who then appoint, appoints a manager? Because if the guy, 
we know he comes from a rugby background. Um, he does obviously have sports administration experience, but if he's not a football man, does he is he in charge of, of, of picking the manager? Or do you go and pick a director of football who then yeah. picks, picks I, I don't the manager? The, I don't know the, 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 the finer detail of how that plays out. I, mean, I believe he's a lifelong season ticket holder, so as much as he's got a rugby background, he's a football fan. Not that that should be the most important thing. You should be a, a smart business head, first and foremost, and you should be able to organise and structure and motivate teams and if your expertise isn't in football management, speak to those who are, you know, in terms of making your decisions as to who your football or your director of football should be. I think the warning signs will come if he puts in a 22-yard line and might be in trouble. I've yeah. seen a few people say Christy might prosper. Ah, I've seen that. Don't, <laughs> don't do it, Kenny, don't do it. I've fed up seeing that joke. But yeah, he's uh, he's got a real job in his hands. It sounds like he's the kind of guy that will thrive on it. I've, I've read a few articles, watched a few videos of him. And certainly everything seems wholly positive. People are saying he's a real breath of fresh air. He's 42. I think he was made a director at the Scottish Rugby Union at 29. Sounds, so like, a good a... Sounds like a good age. Um, <laughs> the, the, the thing I, I would say about him is if he is as believed as a Celtic fan mm-hmm. and has watched, you know, and, and has a business savvy mind and has watched what we've watched, like we've discussed, you know, because we have paid tribute and acknowledged the financial aspects of Celtic as well as like not on the park. So I think I think we're being fair and, and balanced there. If he is coming into that position but is aware of that and also that the feeling of the fans yeah. towards that, well, you, then that, that's really important. So rather than being somebody cold, you know, I, I think you know, somebody for like Barclays or, or BA or something like that that's come in and is just a businessman and yeah. just goes, right, okay, I'll I'll create a football structure right away you go, lads, and you sort that out and I'll look after the finances. If it's somebody that's coming in and he's got a foot in both yeah. camps, which is how Lawwell started off. In fairness, you cannot doubt Peter Lawwell's a Celtic that's fan. That's how that's how Lawwell started off. And you know, I'm all for you know, get the Gantt shirt pressed, get out there, make make the statements you need to make. I think the, the most. I think he's need to get the, the black Gantt shirt out and announce what needs to be announced sooner rather than later. Um, but for Mackay to come in, do what he has to do, create that structure, but be mindful of the fact that. It's, has to also have on the park success running alongside and I think the word I'm looking for is progression. What what does what does that mean? Progression? Does that Euro- European progression? Possibly. Domestic progression? How can you progress for twelve trophies out of twelve, was it I? Twelve I quadruple I well done myth. Um so easy lads, easy. When when you look at it like that, what is progression? It's seeing youngsters being bodied into the team. It's seeing an exciting attacking team. It's seeing us no completely fall apart when somebody wants to leave the club if it's a big name because we've got a plan B or a plan C it's us reinvesting in the playing squad when we get a big uh, transfer sale it's us bringing in you know the best Scottish players signing the best young Scottish players but also doing what we have done with the likes of the Dumbellies and I'll include Frimpong in that because there's no doubt Frimpong last season certainly developed looks like it's regressed like last year but that, there's problematic circumstances for that y- you look at that and you say th- the model is kind of sound on the, on the part what goes on behind but there's just been too many of those signings if you look at the absolute raft of ones that haven't worked out they far outweigh the ones that have so progression to me is that balance being brought more into kilter every, every, just more cohesion between the structure that sits above the playing squad and then what the, what the playing squad then develops into I think if we, if we make progression in Europe then d- domestically it takes care of itself I think if we're good enough to go and beat teams on the continent and in Europe yeah. Then we will take care of ourselves domestically. But going back to, I think you'd said in a couple, you know, previous podcasts, come and talk to us about the football. 
he's got a chance to come in and do this now. I believe his background is in public affairs and, and media and Marketing, communications. PR, comms, so come that. in and be transparent and speak to the fans about what is the plan, what's the plan going forward, what are you going to do to implement, you know, things you spoke about, taking care of the youth. Direct, you know, appoint somebody who takes care of the youth, appoint someone who takes care of the recruitment and appoint somebody who takes care of the football team and speak to us about how you're going to do it. Yeah, it is a, it's a great opportunity for someone who's got the the skill set and the tools to go and do something about it. As I say, he comes with glowing references from people in the know. He'll be young, he'll be hungry, he'll be yep. motivated. I'd love to see what, what Dominic Mackay's KPIs will be, though. You know, well, as we'd mentioned before, it shouldn't be purely financial. And, and let's make sure, the first thing, make sure that um, ex-player birthday list is up I there. Get, on, get that on get the, the wall. Get that deleted, on the wall. Man. Get, get it highlighted. What day we want, right? No. Get the birthday message out first, and then we'll deal with the rest get, later. Get the spreadsheet that has everybody's birthday on it and just delete it. That's, that's why. Oh, and by the way, you can take Rogers off. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Nobody will mind that. Um, but yeah, what an opportunity. And as you say, there, there's so many things that success could be benchmarked against. So yeah, first and foremost, is it qualification for primarily Champions League? You know, if, if that's where we find ourselves in terms of league position. Uh, if not, definitely Europa League. Is it bringing X amount of young players through per season? Is it winning the league title, I don't know, 75% of the time? You know, accepting that you might concede one or two along the way like Celtic have done in the last 20 years. Albeit there's definitely mitigating circumstances with the state Rangers have been in. You know, there's certain things football-wise that he should absolutely be measured against and also there'll be financial performance because he'll also take full responsibility for the commercial team and different things and, and retail and ticket sales and all that side of things. But it's got to be twofold. It can't just be on numbers, which is where Peter Lowell's uh, benchmarked against. It's got to be on football and performance. And that way we're all on the same page because unfortunately, and it's it's not meant to be a thinly veiled or snidey swipe here, but... Peter Lowell sails off into the sunset with absolute millions, so we're all miserable. We've had a terrible time, but he's having a great time, at least financially, because look at the money he's taken out of the club in, in years gone by, and he'll probably leave with a healthy payoff as well. That's fine, right? He's negotiated that contract, so maybe that falls higher up to, to Desmond and who gave him the contract. But ultimately, you know, doing well financially works well for uh, Peter Lowell and not for the rest of us. So I hope the new guy is given some real football and KPIs. And Lowell's also... If he showed the same ambition for himself in Europe, you know, he's been appointed on all these UEFA boards and all that, but just doesn't seem to have carried the same ambition for the club in a football sense and on the, on the European front. That's one thing that is, that is all I know is Peter Lowell, really. I, you know, I came in at 2003, I, I was 12. <laughs> I already. It's all I've known, so I'm, I'm excited to see fresh ideas and that's why that's why I'm wanting you off about Rugby tonight because he, <laughs> I, I can remember when that was original. Whereas he, he doesn't own it. You've not even mentioned his Doc Martens he's wearing, but no, that's no, maybe no, but no, I'm digging it. He pulls it off. <laughs> he's a good looking boy. Aye, I just keep looking around, going, that's brilliant. <laughs> but aye, I'm I'm excited to see like so, like fashion circles. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, well, I, I used to say hey, my, my wee boys team and during the absolute dominance that we were having, you were in just supporting dads and that, and I'd say lads. Swings and runabouts And it is It didn't look like There was any way back For Rangers for a long period of time But in fairness They've stuck with Gerard. They've done all the right things You know Gerard slowly built the squad To where he's got depth Which he now, he now has So that when players have dropped To injured Rangers Haven't looked any weaker And you say right Well fair play They, they wouldn't have got that If they hadn't stuck with, with Gerard. So you think Well someday somewhere But we've done him He's obviously shown the right things And, and he's done well the, the swings and runabouts are that, that that was that's what's done it. Celtic have shot their sail on the foot, absolutely. But also Rangers have forward planned and done what they've done. They've chucked money at it and they've done well. This season has happened just as the Lawwell era has been coming to an end. So it's come to a natural end. It's unfortunate he's not been able to see through the, the ten game because I think it would have been fitting for his legacy to have done the ten in terms of the things he's done off the park. 
what it does all of us is to try and recover quite quickly from the mess that's been created this season. Somewhere along the lines we've created a, an excuse culture or it has been allowed to creep in and the best teams will, just won't accept that. They'll take full responsibility, win, lose or draw and if they have a bad result or a bad performance they'll take it in the chin and accept where they've made mistakes and move on. So I, that doesn't sit well with me at all that Callum McGregor feels it's acceptable to come out after a 2-1 defeat at home regardless who the manager is and say but we're a squad in transition, there's changes and all that stuff. That's not good enough because look at the starting 11 against St Mirren. There's no way those 11 professionals with real talent and real ability there shouldn't, with really with all due respect to St Mirren and most other teams in the SPL, Celtic should be wiping the floor with them all day long. That's down to Callum McGregor and other guys to stop feeling sorry for themselves and saying we're in transi transition and pull your socks up and go on with it and do your job that you're very, very well paid to do. So I don't accept that. I've not seen the, the interview and, you know, sometimes context is important, but... I'm not, I'm not telling any lies, do you know? <laughs> verbatim. You're, verbatim. You're, an, you're an honest man, Miff, I, I believe you. But it's 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 hard for me to take that. I don't. I just don't think that stacks up. And whether it's him or Ryan Christie or Lee Griffiths or anyone else coming out and giving excuses, the moment you step into excuse and blame culture, the whole thing's done. And if that's where we find ourselves just now, and you used the term earlier on, Miff, rock bottom. We thought we were rock bottom a couple of weeks ago, but lo and behold, we're at new rock bottom, which is nice. The only way is up, and that kind of attitude needs to go. Do you think it would improve the squad's morale if Griffiths properly sorted that weave? It's tricky and it's difficult because to... that I mean they must be like come on me man you're get, you're earning a decent amount of dough you can buy and get it sorted get, get I yourself mean, it's, it, like, it's like get away to the side man it's like it's mental is uh, is Turkey on the the fly zone can you get back out to Turkey for a quick you've all seen enough surely yeah. come yeah. March hopefully it's de I'm not saying it's the main reason for our folks this season but it's definitely you know what... it's getting them caught offside man you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's front of so it's definitely one of the factors that has caused the, the poor morale um, moving on in terms of you know the squad and, and personnel Celtic did lose uh, you'd say a regular starter in Jeremy Frimpong this week so he's gone off to buy a Leverkusen for a rumoured £11.5 pounds. the question is is it good business and certainly it seems to be from a financial point of view or should Celtic not be losing young talent like that I, I don't have a problem with the, the transfer I think um, when you look at the markup whatever it was less than half a million and then to sell him on for uh, 11 and a half or again whatever that was I think it's, it is good business as I said pre-match uh, pre or post-match um, in the Hamilton game that is our model so when it works you can't, you can't, you can't really complain um, I think we brought him in we coached him probably not as well as what we could have and we've said off mic under Rodgers he probably would have progressed even more and we could have made maybe double than what we did but un under Lennon he's, um, his, his progress has been stale and I can see why he would want out and I can see why the club the club would cash in as well Yeah, I think it is the model Ken I think you're absolutely right but I also think the fee that we've been paid there it's a bit of an anomaly I think it's a ridiculous fee to pay for him I uh, think if somebody told you before the deal we were getting five you'd have bit their hand off to get double that's incredible 30% going to Man City probably right, dri yeah. driven it up um, Frimpong's a, an odd one for me on, on the group chat I had actually christened him Frimdung at times um, because of my constant frustration with his final ball what I won't deny though is the undoubted potential he had as a footballer he burst onto the scene last season looked excellent at times pace to burn but as time went on as it often does with, with a young player when they come into the team you, you'll forgive them their weaknesses because you're you're so focused on their on their positives and and he brought additional pace to the team that, that was needed. Struck up a good partnership with much-missed legend James Forrest. Lack of progression and possibly regression mm -hmm. in Frimpong this season. Continually getting into positions where he could have... I, I, I mean, he could have he created so many more goals this season had he just picked the right cutback at the right time or the right 
you know, the right time to fire across the goal. It seems to me the 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 spike of interest in him has come from his performance away to AC Milan, where he had somebody playing behind him and was given the license to just drive mm-hmm. drive the team forward and that seemed to really, really work for him. Again, the context of that is he was playing against Milan where he had a bit of space to drive into because we were we were generally on, on the back foot for the vast majority of the game. Um and, and I think that for a team like Leverkusen who you know, the way things set up in Scotland are odd. Even, you know, Celtic could beat today, but they were still in the, the opposition's half for, for most of the game. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is there's no big areas, patches of grass for him to run in it often when he's playing um, for Celtic. Whereas playing for a team like Leverkusen, it'll be a fantastic outball for them when they're playing against teams such as, you know, you know Bayern and, and Dortmund. Frimpong, I think, is a classic example of why Lennon is such an issue at Celtic. With the right coach in... If you can imagine a coach coming in and seeing somebody like Frimpong being in the team, that genuine pace, and seeing the positions that he gets into, you would have just went, right, I've got an absolute diamond here. If I can work well on that final ball and work with him, work with him, drill it into him, I've got an, an absolute gem here. Instead, it seemed to me, the mistakes that he made, it just continued to fester to the point where he was clearly getting frustrated that his body language this season was one of real you know, real frustration. I don't know if that was with himself or the role that he was been asked to play. And it didn't surprise me to hear that he wanted to leave. Same as it doesn't surprise me. Apparently I've seen something just before I come in there regarding Encham and Encham wanting to leave. Mm-hmm. Clearly there's something rotten within the, the playing squad and the, what they're being asked to do in the way that they're being coached. And unfortunately this is reminiscent of other managerial reigns of, of Neil Lennon is that he falls out with the player big time and from what I gather, he's been asked in a, a press one of the press conferences or, or press interviews that he did do um, after the game today and said that he's been let down by the players. Again, making it about Neil Lennon and not necessarily about the club. Yeah. He has been let down. I mean, I, I find myself asking the question several times this season, how much of it is down to Neil Lennon and his coaching team and how much of it is down to the players? And I think... And we, Kenny and I again touched on it tonight in the post-match. I think the players need to take more responsibility for that. And my fan, you're making a strong point about the, the the failings within the coaching squad. And I totally agree with that. But I think they can they can both be true. I think Lennon can can be failing to develop these guys as players. And I think Frimpong is a good example. But also, so Jeremy Frimpong's 19, played football, you know, all his young life so far. You kind of tell me when he gets to the byline and constantly hits that, you know, first defender, that's always Neil Lennon's fault. It's like he forgets we're the ones in green and white. And that's not that's nobody's fault but his own. If you were 19 playing amateur or junior football here and you kept doing it, you'd get balled at and, and rightfully so. I, I don't see why so I don't see why Jeremy Frimpong is we shouldn't let him off the hook, is what I'm saying. Nor should we let Callum McGregor off the hook or Odson Edward or any of these guys that we know have got more to offer. And and I'm being quite strong on it tonight because there's been numerous failings by Neil Lennon. But again, these guys are paid a lot of money and it's a privilege to play, to play for Celtic and they've let us down and themselves down time after time. The crowd would, again, as you say, you cannot make excuses for it. But this season in particular with a guy like Frimpong, see every time he'd done that and get, he got to the byline and he'd done something well, the crowd would be, you know, he would get that support. He's not getting that at the moment. Mm. He's not getting coached from, from the sidelines. Ayers getting to the byline and picking a man out. A, a guy that's a centre-half looks like a superstar compared to Frimpong and, you know... It, it it's just it's just so blaringly obvious that the the team aren't being coached. We, we keep saying that. I, I feel like I've said that a million times over the past three weeks, yeah. but it's it just come back down to bad coaching. Based on that impassioned 
defence Neil Lennon there for Tino. I'm, uh, do you know it's Royal Rumble weekend, lads? I'm just waiting on Tino, Neil Lennon taking off that Tino mask and flying for me or this table. Um, social no, distance table. Point, no. I mean, if, yeah. if, you're, if you're not going to play for, for Lennon, play for play for the club, play, play for, for yourself, yourself. Play, play for a transfer if you don't but, want to be here, but play f- just play, f- you know. You, you see you see the players try to G each other up. It's not like... Do you though? I, yeah, I've seen that today. I'm not I've seen enough that of that. I, did, I seen that the day it, it cut to the behind the St. Martin goal and the um, bike kick was coming out and you could see the players gesticulating to each other, you know, like, come on, we need to lift it. I mean, all generic type of stuff, granted, but in a place where you've not been happy. Have you ever, have you, have you ever, have you ever been unhappy in your job? How does every day, you're, you're almost drained before you walk in, right? When your job is one that is physically very demanding as well as mentally very demanding. So, you know, for some people who go and sit in front of a, a screen, you know, sometimes you go, oh God, I can't be bored with that. Those financial services. Whereas, so I've heard, that's what they're like. High paid. Deservingly high paid. Um, Bad ideas. <laughs> um, but, but something's, you know, so you're really asked to push yourself through, you know, through some tough times. You're, you're asking your body, you're taking your body to places that outright doesn't want to go. If, if you have mental baggage with that and you don't fully 100% and believe in what you're being asked to do and that is an attitude that has festered and continues to fester around the whole squad mm-hmm. as well as the pressure that comes with being a Celtic player in this season in particular direction and you're not completely on board with the, the atmosphere that you're working within that will that will naturally drain the players and from what I can see today just take a step back take a step back Rogic McGregor Wade under a different manager and look at how they played today. Just look at it. That, it's that, obvious. It's there for you to look at. Now, you can blame all those players if you want. Mm-hmm. And see, be honest with you, part of me does. They've got to take some Part of me does. Absolutely. But if the, if the atmosphere and environment that they're playing within isn't conducive to success because someone's ego or some people's, plural, ego. Peoplesies. People's. People's ego are affecting that. I think questions need to be asked as to why big decisions, big decisions that those people are paid to make, haven't been made. The players were probably waiting on a change as well, to be honest. Uh, without pl- shadow of a doubt, they're Kenny. probably waiting you're, for some. You're sitting and you're going, oh, he's away now. He's away now, yeah. yeah. Oh, then he walks in. Oh, he's away now. And then he walks in again. You're like, oh, lads, come on, what's happening here? And also, if Callum McGregor's coming out today saying it's a squad in transition, he might also say it's a management team in transition. The whole thing is in transition. So that's how they're feeling it and it, we all live in the same world you know as I say these are footballers and sometimes we put them on a pedestal they see the same Twitter pages we see and all the noise well the one thing that's guaranteed is we're all going to be doing the conga when Steve Clark comes in the summer I can't I can't bear that to be the next move but yeah you're right and, and as I said I think both things can be true I, I totally take on board that being a footballer for Celtic right now is no fun and getting in there every day and, and hearing all the negativity and the headlines and Will the manager be here? Will they not? And different things. It must be a real shift, and it's very hard to motivate. And I get that, but I do think they need to take responsibility. They also, none of them know who they're going to be playing me for one game to the next. This is this. I've seen a start like 30, thirty-three different uh, varieties of starting eleven. We've played this season at thirty-seven games. So you, 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 there's no partnerships developing anywhere. All you've got is uh, sorrow playing free sale, tumble playing free sale, and that's what yep. it looks like. Try to find some individual brilliance. Uh, d- did MD? Did they have to drive forward and beat a man today? I don't think. I think Turnbull tried to. I, 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 I no, mentioned no, at one point. I, I, yeah, look, there was that, very that's, little. That's what the team's offering now, and, and that tells me. I got to the byline once or twice, but that that tells me. But they're looking. They're looking to pass it by players. Nobody's taking that responsibility. Where 
it's a bit tighter it'll go be, I mean Eddie, Eddie tried it at times but mm-hmm. what, what I'm saying is at Celtic Park against any defensive setup, it's going to be difficult because of the lack of space they give you you've seen it a million times about having people in the park that can go past players and create space and, and take teams out of their shape we seem this season <laughs> bizarrely in this season of all seasons to have willingly went through the season with no wide players willingly played a shape which is putting everything through the middle and then relying on full backs and solely fullbacks to be your creative outlet. And it's just, it's a, the, what you're ending up watching is just the same thing on repeat again and, and again. And, and, and we've, again. All, we've all found ourselves uh, definitely, you know, critical personally uh, of guys like Taylor. And I'm going, oh, he's, he's got to beat the man, has crossed and got to be better. It's not his job. It's not what he's, he's done all his life, all his football in life. But as you say, my we're expecting the Taylors and now the Ayers and up until recently the Frimpongs to be your main creative force and be, to be the ones that are setting up all your chances and it's it's unfair on those guys first and foremost they, they, they should naturally the way that modern football is and, and when you have a team that's on the attack as often as Celtic are then they should contribute to that I'm, I'm not saying that they shouldn't you know what I'm saying is in front of them in seasons gone by there has been a Sinclair a Forrest a Roberts who have, who have done that who have taken people on you know who have contributed from those flanks as well which then creates space for the fullbacks to go on and chip in with a few goals and chip in with a few assists. That's brilliant. You know, I wish they'd done that. Um, Tierney done it uh, more often than not. But now, where we're at, it just we just don't have any sort of structure in the way that we're playing. It just seems to be completely ad hoc. I mentioned in the, the post-match reaction that the front six, as Tino has called them, when it's, when Soros driving forward. Trademark. Yep. Yeah, uh, You're, <laughs> You're doing well. They... How is it taking to January to get... I, I think that is our best front six. Sorrow, Tumble, McGregor, El Yunusi, Griffiths and Edward. How is it taking to the end of January to fit, fit them in a team and in a system? I'm not saying it's, it worked today, but it worked on Wednesday and it can work. But w- when it doesn't work, we should be able to change it. But you, Aye, you as a team, as a player, you know who your... You, you know who your best teammates are. You know the best players in that dressing room. You know, we obviously, we've already been, we've only been I've an been, amateur. I've been in dressing rooms with both of you and... I can't confirm or deny whether you came into my thinking was <laughs> yeah. to be uh, revealed. But you you know who your, the best players are on that team. You do, and they must be thinking, well, how come it's taken till now till we're all playing together? Many puzzles, and that, that's what I'm saying. You know, it was an impassioned defence of Neil Lennon. But first and foremost, he he has made so many mistakes this year and should have been gone long, long, long before now. But I'm also just, you know, at the time was trying to find some different reasons and I do believe that players should take responsibility. But yeah, the, the, the setup's all over the place and it's hard to rationalise when Neil Lennon is making irrational decisions. I, th- I think most fans feel and seem to be that they, they feel let down from top to bottom. With, with the call. I think that's absolutely fair, you know. Um, however, I think recency bias, bias creeps in and, and you're looking at it based on kind of what today or, or the past two weeks and wearing... It just all revolves around Lennon And the only way out of this For the club to have any sort of Feel good factor around it's for Lennon to be removed In my opinion Because the longer he stays there I, I think it just completely Unfortunately unites the fans in a negative way Because the fans are all united And wanting him removed for the post You're getting to the point where You're getting loads of things sent to you From Celtic and Rangers fans That's almost kind of like mocking Aye, we're fair game. We're completely fair uh, game. Uh, you uh, know, it's almost kind of like mocking Lennon. You find yourself laughing at it because you go, oh, you know, normally back in the day but, you would have, you like, eh? you would have, you would have sent stuff back in response, or you would have defended Lennon. But now you're, you're at the point where you're saying, well, is he absolutely fair? 
we have pushed ourselves into this position where the, the, whatever whatever thinking, screwed thinking has been behind keeping it all, we'll show you, you know, we'll show you what's right for Celtic. Well, clearly, you're not doing the right thing for Celtic because we are continuing to fall further and further yeah. down. It definitely feels like Celtic this season has become a circus and unfortunately Neil Lennon is the ringmaster and that's the whole thing about it. You know, he's the, he's the figurehead and we've spoken about responsibility, but he has ultimate responsibility over the playing side of things. And as I said, different individuals have performed badly, but that's his job to make them perform better. And if he can't do that, whether it be by shape, by the team he picks, by the motivation that he provides, then it's got to change. And you know, and we could get around in circles here as to why it's not. So we'll move on from that. Um, not to be forgotten is the fact that it is currently uh, and will be till midnight, the 30th of January, and there's not been anybody in the door, certainly nobody confirmed. There's a couple of rumours about pre-contracts for, I think it's Ben Davies at Preston and Liam Shaw from Sheffield Wednesday. And that's it. We don't expect anything to happen for the remainder of today. So are we hoping or expecting anything to happen tomorrow or Monday? Yeah. We don't know who we're going to have as a manager. So why why bring in guys when they don't know who they're going to be playing for? Or... Yeah, I, I also find that puzzling. It seems that the Ben Davies thing is nearly over the line. You wonder where he, his head's at. Is he just a pro footballer who knows that he'll get decent money for coming to Celtic? Because surely he asked at some point, who's the gaffer there? Neil Lennon, but unlikely to be next season. Doesn't matter. He'll just come anyway. And maybe it's wishful thinking that he's going to have it. such a big club I'll play under any manager. Or more realistically, is it just the fact that he'll get well paid and he doesn't care who the gaffer is? Yep. Yeah. So that's strange. But uh, yeah, you know, in, in years gone past, you'd hear about, you know, I made the move to Celtic because Brendan Rodgers really convinced me about the model and what they're looking to do, or Neil Lennon or whoever. We don't have that. And we don't, you know, Neil Lennon can't confidently sign guys when he's fairly surely going to be out the door. So it's just such a strange position we find ourselves in. And that means that the next manager, whoever that may be, finds himself six months behind the curve in terms of a transfer window. So he'll come in all going well, May, June time, assess the squad and realise that ex-players are away back to their loan clubs or their parent clubs. Scott Brown's retiring. Different guys are moving on. Edwards and Cham uh, Ayer, perhaps, for money. He'll be left with a threadbare squad and not a lot of time to patch up. What is his, What is the new manager's first targets going to be? Because you're looking at you've got a, a Champions League qualifier. Goalkeeper. Coming up. That that is about the squad. His targets are about going build a squad. It's probably not going to be going win the league again. It's, not, it's probably not going to be going and try and qualify for the Champions League. It's probably going to be going and try and start building a team. Yeah. Is um, compete again? Is Bowling Goalie come back or he's ours? Uh, you know, is he? We want him is as a player, back? so I don't know how that will play. Do you want him back? He won't did, play no, again. Did he, did he come back though? That's what I'm saying. Is he back in the squad? Was it as a full season loan? I believe so. Yeah. So I think he's in Turkey for the season. What What would your take be? Should, should we? Should he start with a fresh slate or should he never play for Celtic again? I, th I think he shouldn't play for Celtic again just on the basis he's not good enough. Right, just you know? for, for being murder. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, I mean, that aside, I think, as Kenny said, it's not like a, a new manager coming in and going, most times at Celtic football, football club, you, you touched on it, Miff, you're maybe only two or three guys away from being a real team. You know, you can be a good team, but a couple of players away from being outstanding. We're miles away from being anything right we, now. We've only got two or three players that'll probably... Again, again, somebody coming in with a bit of organisation and, and structure. I think you'll see a, you'll see a huge difference in that team and their, their style of play. Their take when you're not confident, when you're drained, when you're mentally not quite there, you take that extra touch. Your legs feel heavier. You don't play on instinct. You're careful, and you see that with all the Celtic players. All they're doing when they get the ball into their feet is they're turning away for goal, mm -hmm. turning away for the goal. They're attacking to keep the ball because they don't want to make a mistake. It's natural. It happens. 
that that's why I'm such an advocate. You know, I have nothing personally against Neil Lennon. I actually am a huge fan of his, was a huge fan of his, whatever way you want to term it. But that this is now about somebody coming in and reinvigorating the squad that we currently have to safeguard second place. Make no mistake about that. Because the form that we're in, the form that we're in, listen, that's the reality of the situation that we're in. We have regressed to the point where we need to make sure that we just win enough games to get into second place. Now, bringing in somebody to steady the ship, motivate and organise the players, to me, doesn't seem like such a hard task. I think probably MD, and I mean absolutely anybody, would be able to do that <laughs> right now. some shout. That is some shout. Anybody. I, I, I made a bit of a... I'm talking Tony Pios, I'm talking Big Sam, <laughs> I'm talking MD. So what, it just needs a wee bit of structure on the park because it, it is completely rudderless, let's be honest. Yeah. It is, it's lurching for one disaster to another. Come on, you, and, you, need, you need to just say, right, time's up, time for a change, bring right. somebody in. Like Lennon benefited from when Mowbray left. Yeah. You know, he you get an initial bounce, don't you? He came in, he brought that. I remember going to the game, Motherwell game, Josh Thompson scored. And, you know, there, you're lucky if there was 20,000 there. Just getting my wee diehard points in there, lads, just um, for any listeners there. Just so you know I'm authentic. Um, so, Bonafide Tim credentials. Oh, pure Tim, man, pure Tim. Um, but th- that's that's the type of thing that happens. I mean, we even beat Rangers, then, in, in Fortune scored. We beat Rangers 1 now. Um, when Lennon had first initially come in as caretaker so to me you bring somebody in that's just going to lift the spirits of the squad get them playing somewhere near the level that we know we can play at I'm not expecting excellent levels of cons- consistency just win enough games to secure second place make the players feel good about themselves and then get the restructure done the, the place just needs a freshness and yep. I, I made a point just ABL anybody but Lenny and, and that's not as cheeky as it might sound I just mean that a fresh and even if it was John Kennedy and Strachan the junior I don't know about, about Gordon Strachan because has he has got, seen Gordon Strachan you're looking for a freshness and you see Gordon Strachan come in what I'm saying is your, your team's wouldn't be going out and uh, what, what is, where's playing the, all attack what's but, in it for Gordon Strachan what's in it for Gordon Strachan really to come in and, to, and just have a shot at nothing candy yeah. just come in six months do a job I don't know. I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm not shooting you down. Like it's not like I have any other answer. I don't. I just. I don't know if I want to go back to, to yeah. striking. I, I, I know what you're saying because it, has a, it would seem, and it would be a step back to something we've done before. But yeah, I definitely agree that you know, as and when Neil Lennon exits the building, whenever that may be, and it should be imminent. But you know, that will remain to be seen. As and when he does move on, there's just going to be a natural lift. It's just human nature that the players will go. That era has now gone, you know, for good or for bad or whatever. And some players might say, oh, maybe we should have stuck with them, whatever. There's no doubt that they'll get a, a freshness because they'll be coming in on the Monday morning to a new regime, new training, just something different. And players get bored of the same old, same old. You know, there's short attention spans for, for, for sportsmen and, and footballers in particular who do the same old training drills and get the same old, you know, motivational speeches by Lenny. And it's just run its course and they need something different. And that, that would give an automatic lift. Somebody to put the disco lights back on. Yes, that's that's the Kenny. There's that's the one. That's the one. We need the disco lights reactivated. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with Neil Lennon's position. As I say, it should be an interesting twenty-four hours ahead. But who knows? <laughs> You've said that before, Tino. <laughs> staying staying on on field matters. Um, the the games are coming thick and fast, unfortunately. So next up for Celtic is a an away tie uh, or an away game. Sorry, against Kilmarnock on Tuesday night. <laughs> what, are you laughing before what, you've even asked a question I don't know what my question is my question is what do you expect or what can we expect or is it just roll the dice again play the Celtic lotto and see what happens well 
I said before this game that I wanted to see Welsh. I've ba- I've banged the drum about Welsh, and I know I keep doing it, but I thought he came on and he, he showed you know a wee glimmer of what we might see. Again, much like it's anyone but Lenny. For me, it's anyone but Duffy and Beaton in the centre half at the moment. Oh, I've just been passed some information by the producer. We're playing against a managerless Kilmarnock on Tuesday. Alex uh, Dyer. Alex Dyer's left the club by mutual consent. Could it be two managerless clubs by Tuesday? Just a square go between the players and we'll see what happens. A mutual consent. Maybe, maybe we've lined up Alex Dyer. He obviously coached under him, if you make it your, your wish. A temp- the temporary conga line just until Steve <laughs> Clark comes in. Happy days. No, um, after you know. Kilmarnock, that's dreadful when yes, you would. I mean, it's, yeah, absolutely. A, it's no, just, yeah. I mean, how can any management team watch Shane Duffy playing football and then continually play him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he cannot play. That's and and as much the same way that we talk about players taking responsibility, but the ultimate responsibility lying with Lennon. He cannot possibly play him again after what we're seeing. Darn a day. Yeah, is doing commentary at mm-hmm. Celtic Park. Give him a twenty-minute warm-up. Yeah, I, we, I, know, I sort of try to sugarcoat the criticism of of Duffy, but there's there's no. There's no excuses anymore. There's no giving him any benefit the doubt. The fact is, he's not good enough play, to play for Celtic. There's no benefit of him staying in the team. It's time for Wales to be given a run. It's a tricky one as well because Darno Day, you know, fellow Celtic man, fellow Irishman, fellow defender, he wants to sympathise and empathise with Shane Duffy and not be too critical on Celtic TV. But he's seen what we're all seeing and he sees how bad it is and he needs to be taken out the firing line for his own sake. To have any credibility, the guys who are on Celtic TV need to call it as they see it. So... Um, speaks well I, I, I quite liked McManus as a, as a player he was fairly limited you know but what he did are, yeah he was honest um, that bracket as well I, I think he maybe get released a wee bit too early but he, he had a he had a decent career when he left why we've chose to go down the route we've went down um, it was going you know the deficiencies in the deficiencies in the team are glaringly obvious and we haven't addressed them <laughs> that's mental so the, the two biggest deficiencies of this current Celtic team are goalkeeper and centre half, yeah. and the recruitment in those positions has been deplorable. And and that adds additional pressure onto the attacking elements of the team because they feel under so much pressure to score goals. Yeah, they're like, we need to score three goals to win this game. We know, every single we know game. we're going to concede every at least one or two. Yeah, without fail. Um, you know, and we 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 managed to get a a clean sheet during the week, and you thought, oh, that's decent, good for confidence. We well, can imagine. You later. can imagine the day. Right, that's their throw in. We'll be all right here. Oh, he's got to throw it into the centre forward. Right? Oh, oh, he's just turned his back on the ball. He no, doesn't know where no, the ball is. No, the guy's the just way. took a touch and had a shot. You know, he's 12 yards out for the goal. <clears> so <throat> that's inexplicable. For the rest of the team, you can talk about the rest of the team. That's just a, an example of one individual battle. And it's one of many, many individual mistakes that, that Duffy himself ha- has made. But Duffy is turning up to every game available for selection. He's touching in the best condition that he possibly can be for that game and the manager is continually picking him and I would say continually throwing him at the Wolves because he's clearly no, no good enough to, to play in the SPL mm-hmm. I'm not being disrespectful that has become apparent over time that he's not and he keeps continually getting chucked in so you know the, these these things that we are saying here aren't personal they're, they're coming from a place of a supporter who wants to see his team winning football matches uh, we haven't been winning football matches with any regularity for three months now. Four months? Four months? Three months? And the, in terms of Lennon and Duffy, they, they've been they've been two of the main main players in that. And, and Lennon has massively contributed to that by A, continuing playing Duffy, but B, has 
extremely muddled thinking in the goalkeeper situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I think just to, to pick up on your point about it, it's never personal, and I think we're fair-minded kind of folk, and nothing against you know, the Duffies and the Lennons and the Christies and all these guys that we've, I think, constructively criticised at times, you know, this season, but footballers need to be aware that it's the world they're in and they know that and they're thick-skinned enough and should be to accept some of the criticism comes their way what I don't like is when it gets personal and you see plenty of that online and Neil Lennon's got it in the neck that crosses a line for me I think you can criticise them as footballing people and the decisions they make when it starts you know you F and this and that and the next thing that's really poor for me you know if, if you've not got a decent argument beyond that then that doesn't work yeah, so that's just a yes but again that's where the the, the, the board I agree it can go too far. Oh, I did like snuz light here. I did like, um, but you need to, you need to read the room. You need to understand. But I'm reacting so. Yeah, they're getting to a point where it's just frustrations it's boiling over. It's vitriol, right? So, why why is that coming out? Well, because they've been served up something they've never had before. This, you know, this is fairly unprecedented for a Celtic team to go on this run over this extended period of time. Now, if it happened in an average season. It maybe happened under somebody like Brady, but you know, I'm going back to when I, when I was younger. Kenny's only ever known Peter Lovell, <laughs> quote unquote, ah, he said it himself. Geez, aye, thanks for that, Kenny. Um, but you know, it maybe happened under Brady, McCarry, early days of Burns as well. I think we finished fifth in the league one year under Burns in the Hamden season. Hamden season, yeah. He's Nick Older for that as well, by the way, guys. Um, so the just putting in my Tim Diehard Tim's again, oh, pure diehard Tim, that myth, biggest Tim, um, in this room, oh, man. pure Tim, man. Um, so you know, these anomalies do crop up every now and then, but it's how you react for that and what you what you seek to do about that. Um, Burns got a free pass because he'd come in, you know, with McCann and was given that time to rebuild things because of the, the mess that had been created from... Well, no, not even that, from McNeil to Brady to McCarry. You know, you can't, you can't just launch... McCarry was only ever really a, a short-term appointment. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but you take you take... That, that succession of manager you think of the, the waste that went along with that you know there was money invested in the likes of Cascarino and Hayes and all, all that all that type of thing Slater um, so you're now at a point where you think of the circumstances under which Mowbray was sacked being the most recent one then where over the space of 26 games we've won 8 of them or something like that you know it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fairly crazy figure I can't think of any other manager that would have survived this so I, I just do not see why I don't see why Lennon should. Mm-hmm. That that's where my that's the angle I'm coming at. Plus, plus, I I have watched football for long enough. You can go about oh well, you're not in the game, you're not a professional. I'm watching this with my own eyes. The level of performance has regressed over a period of time. In fact, let's be honest, we weren't really getting a level of performance at the start of the season. We get bailed out more than a few times. Mm-hmm. Let's be quite frank yeah, about last that. Last minute goals, Griffiths. You know, we, we, we did, we did, and what I'm watching is that. It's not groundbreaking stuff, but I, I think the reason why he's still in situ is because of what's happening behind the scenes. I think the the club's known and Lowell's known that he's going to he's going to go, and for whatever reason that has stopped, held them back from pulling I the trigger. I just don't think that's a good enough reason, Kenny. I, I think it's, it's not a know, good enough reason. You know, I don't think it is, the, but I think that is the reason. You're, well, you're watching what you're watching on the park. You see it with your own eyes, and you go right. I mean, even if you're Lowell, even if you're himself, and you're simply, I mean, if he's, if he's logged on. After the racing's finished today and went, right, I'll watch the last 20 and hope we get a goal. <laughs> and then he's, he saw that and went, we didn't even really look at the score. I mean, you see, you just see it. 
it's just not happening. I think what's clear, and I think maybe leaning towards that with your point, Kenny, is that sentimentality has played far too big a part in Celtic season because we've all got caught up, us included, in the, the whirlwind of the 10 and, and what, what might be. That's, that's why Lennon get kept home for the treble. But there's no that's doubt. That's why I got it for the, the Scottish Cup final. Yeah. So what's interesting about that is there's obviously a good example, a good current example is Frank Lampard, Chelsea hero but gets relieved of his duties after a, a run of bad performances there last week. And it's not quite as cut and dried as some fans saying, see, Chelsea can do it and all that kind of stuff because Abramovic hires and fires on a whim. That's how he operates. But ultimately, it was a footballing decision made for the right reasons to replace a guy and move him on. I was listening to TalkSport for my sins at the time. Uh, no. And I made a statement. Oh, sorry, I made a statement. I put something out on Twitter because uh, Harry Redknapp was on. Harry Redknapp being uncle or godfather to Frank Lampard or something down King that of the road. jungle. Yeah, kind of jungle Harry Redknapp. So anyway, they asked Redknapp for his thoughts. And amongst other things, he came out with a statement which I thought was bang on the money. And he said, in the modern game, you are only as good as your head of recruitment. So, and I think that's not, it doesn't cover all bases, but it's it's true to a real extent because no matter who you are as a coach, you're only as good as the guys that your recruitment team bring in. And we've obviously debated flippantly or otherwise whether that's Nick Hammond or Peter Lawwell at Celtic. So therefore, Neil Lennon is only as good as the Shane Duffy that he got brought in for him and the the, the Barkas that got brought in for him and anyone else you care to mention, the Ayeti that got brought in for him. So there's a defence there amongst, oh, amongst go, some others. I'll go back to my, part, my point about John Park. Um, Lennon's first time around, you know, he's, he's only as good as John Park then and we just, we've, we've failed to, def- so, to so replace So him. look at the spine under John Park. Would you, would you take Lampard? No, not interested in Frank Lampard. Just, I'll go back to him in a second, but just in terms of John Park yeah. and the spine that Lenny got the first time, Foster, Van Dyke, Wanyama, Gary Hooper even. Look at that as oh, a spine. Oh, no, you're talking. Right. That's your goalie right through the spine of your team. Real, genuine quality. They done brilliantly for Celtic to a man and they went for big bucks. Joe Edley. Yeah, yeah. One, but, of, my, one of my favourite players of that year, I just so But in Kyle, uh, Emilio Ky- Azeguiri. Kyle before McCall, absolutely. Very, very, very good recruitment. Then you compare that, even, you know, Compare those guys from eight, nine, ten years ago to the spine that we've got today. Barkas, when he gets picked. Duffy. I think the midfielders have come in now, but generally speaking, this season it was a, an ageing Scott Brown and a misfiring uh, Odson Edward Lee Griffiths, Ayeti. But in terms of recruitment, Ayeti was who Ed- he got. Edward's goal return hasn't been shabby compared to the game started. Not too shabby, Miff. Not too Th- shabby. This season, it's the fact that he... You can just see the sparks missing in his performance. He's that good. He's that If he stands up front, he'll score enough games, enough goals, and enough games where you would say, "Oh, he's he's done all right." The difference is is just how he was electric last season, and he looks completely shorn. He looks defeated confidence. as well. He, I, he does. I mean, he's tripped me over the ball and all that when he's trying to run me. It's just it's the totally... body language is down. So yeah. for me, it's oh, I can think of. It's Harry Redknapp What do you think of that statement though? Do you think there's credibility in that That you're only as good as your recruitment? Um, not not to excuse well, that, poor management that, decisions That depends on, on how the club's structured So you know if if, if that's the case Then is MD who comes into Celtic right now Going to succeed? Because you would argue no Based on the, the way that we've recruited um, I think you'd inherit some decent players in the Celtic squad But you'd inherit some, some guys that No longer should or want to be there and, and you look at Fed, Bio, Henry, who were completely cast aside and, and much maligned within the Celtic squad. Now, hard to hard to say what sort of level they're, they're playing at. You know, playing like in the Belgian league, and, well, different for Bio, he's playing, playing with Toulouse, so a decent profile club. But 
could to offer something within that squad this season, something that we're clearly missing. Bio, physical presence up front. Um, Henry, a centre half that can keep the ball out his own net, and Schwed, a winger. Yeah. You know, so you could argue we've also made mistakes in who we've let go based on the positions that they play. I, I, again, just contributes to the, the the mess of the season. Now, listen, I'm not saying that if we kept these guys, they would have contributed anything additional. They may not have because they truly may not be good enough to play for Celtic. But the, the jury's still out on all of them. Hendry, I, I, I don't think is good enough personally. I'm glad to see the guys went away, had a confidence-boosting season, and he'll you know, hope he's on to have a, a decent career. But t- to me, when I seen him, he didn't really seem to have the right attributes. Now, he could learn because he was still young. He didn't seem to have the right attributes to, to cut, you know, to read the danger when it was coming close to his own box. But with Shred and Bio, we'll never, we'll never really know because never they were never it. really given yeah. enough games. And we, and we might, nev- we might never know because Celtic have done that time after time. Guys like Kouassi that, you know, come in and you don't see them, then they move on as, as quick as they've arrived. And you wonder if Shred and Bio might just be the latest in a, a conveyor belt of those kind of guys. I don't think we've seen sh- enough of Shved at all. I think we, we could, yeah, there's an argument to say we've seen enough of Bio to not think he was good enough. Um, but if he coached better, he could be better. I don't think we've seen enough of Shved. We've seen him, how many appearances has he made? <sighs> two or three? Not, not many. I suppose, two, I suppose yeah. this is where to an extent you need to, or you'd like to think you can trust that your coaching team are seeing him in training and making the assessment that they're not good enough. But whether that's the wrong assessment or not, we'll probably never know. The, the funny thing is, David Turnbull and Sorrow could have been the next Shved and Bio. Because they were just getting no game yes, time, true, and yeah. they, they could have been shipped out, and we could just as easily have lost those talents to the team. So, yeah, I mean, all the more reason to to have this root and branch restructure in the summer, where someone just comes in and addresses the whole football department and, and makes the changes that, that, that we all, I think, agree are, are necessary. I hope so. I hope whether it's uh, Mackay or whether it's Lowell is looking at recruitment and looking for whatever it is directly a football head of football operations. I hope that process is ongoing, ongoing just now and it's not just left to the summer and then it's a mad rush to get you know everything put in place. It should be a well thought out process and hopefully Mackay Noni's coming in at the end of June has, has started the process now. I wonder how much of a handover there's going to be. I'd like to think that he would be getting involved whether on a part-time basis or, or something from around about March, April as he works towards June when Peter Lawwell moves on because there is so much to be done, so much work to be done and... I'd like to think it's not a, a high five as Peter Lowell goes out in June and no, Dominic Mackay comes in. I, I wouldn't imagine so, j- just on the basis that off the part of the way that Celtic's run, although, unfortunately, there's been elements of the way that the, the PR's been handled this season that even that might be slacking off this, you know. Um, the, you hope be... that Lowell's not been into retirement mode in that it's not just going to be a case that they pass each other as Lowell's been out the door. <laughs> you, you, you can you see know. him coming in and shadowing him for the day and showing his uh, to-do yeah. list and saying, right, this is what you do, this is... Aye. They took on to do a sack line, and no, we just bump that down. Leave, leave, leave that, that, that one. In the camera, the camera on Lenny's to you. Well, we'll get out the drills, right? Get the polls out. Get the polls out, Lenny. Here, here's a list of the chief execs that I don't go on with, so we're, <laughs> we're, we're not to negotiate with these guys. Here's the, gov- here's the government officials that we've pissed off, so don't don't, don't, don't speak about them. Yeah, but an interesting handover. I'd love to uh, to experience that, but it will be interesting because there's no doubt that that Peter Lawwell's decision or announcement this week. It does give at least optimism and, you know, we always try and find reasons for optimism in this podcast, I think. So it does give us a bit of hope that what we've seen so far, or certainly this season, just has not been acceptable. But the the potential for change is there. And this guy, as I said, he comes in with a decent CV and people seem to speak very, very highly of him. 
And there's no doubt, There's I think we already spoke about the fact that there's going to be a lot of change personnel-wise. Callum McGregor's doing the work for us by telling us it's a time of transition. So on and off the park, we're going to see huge changes. I mean, you know, just as we start to wrap things up, does that fill you with some sort of hope? I, th- this feels different today. Um, I alluded to that earlier on. This does feel different for other poor results. And I think it's because it's came at a time, it's came after all of that, you know, it's proven that it's not getting any better that's what I mean the, the stagnation the regression is continuing and I think it's now got to the point where it, it simply cannot be ignored it cannot be ignored by the board because if you are the board it's your job to make sure that the team is performing and successful in the park and they have fallen such a far way behind um, I'll say that their, their, their rivals right if, if, if you look at how far Rangers are ahead in the league but again r- remove that because Rangers Regardless of whether we have played well this season or not, Rangers are shown championship winning form. They've not been beaten in the league, right? So they could very well have still went on and won the league. But we'll never know what it would have been like if we put them under a wee bit more pressure at, you know, at vital vital times. But we just simply haven't played well at all this season. That's, that's more of a concern to me. Players haven't improved or haven't shown any level of improvement, have regressed, and we haven't put together performances over three, four games in a row. This is very reminiscent to Lennon's first spell in charge when you used to get 45-minute performances of him. That's what you used to get. I agree with you. I think this does feel slightly different. I think all these results against Hamilton and, and Kilmarnock and Dundee United and the likes has sort of papered over the cracks. I think you young ones call it gaslighting, Kenny. <laughs> I think we've, we've ran out of paper to paper the cracks over anymore. There's nothing left. So Yeah, it, it just, it. It just and, and, and with every... You know, the fact we've gone and runs of bad results this season and then got the odd good result in between has made you think, oh, oh maybe, maybe we're turning a corner. There are slight signs that it's going to improve and then the next game it's just, it's just gone again, so. It can't get any worse than, than losing, you know, games that, that you should absolutely be winning out the ballpark. And, and today's one of them. You, you've got to, again, with all respect, you've got to put this down as a home win, home banker that you should be winning against certain man at home. And something is far, far wrong if that's not the case and has proven to be the case today. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting times. And I said, interesting if, 24 hours. <laughs> big 24 hours ahead. If nothing else, so it's, it has got to be, you know, intriguing times as to what lies ahead and whether we see action this, you know, in the next few days, the next few weeks, or if we need to wait until Dominic Mackay steps into his new job, it will remain to be seen. Matt, have you any final thoughts as as we start to wrap up? Uh, well, to be honest with you, I don't think... Um, Neil Lennon will be in charge by the time we play Kilmarnock I think he'll be removed from his position or he may actually quit um, he seems to have been quite uh, spiky yet again in his post-match interviews where he's um, he's effectively blamed the, the players said that they've crumbled under the pressure and also that they've let him down um, quite quite the take I would say um, so I, I can't see him being there if he is there then I wouldn't expect us to pick up three points uh, it's been a fairly grim season However, lads, the darkest hour comes before the dawn. 30th of January, so they've got one day left to do their review. So we'll see if we see that. That's not happening. Eh? That's just a fantasy. Yeah, I think they thought they could fob us off with that and hope that the form would turn the corner. And it's clearly just been a, I don't know, something just to keep the fans appeased Shut for a time. Bang. So yeah, so just a, another error in a season of them. So the summer ahead should certainly be one of transition for Celtic and Peter Lowell's announcement this week seems to be the first step in the sizeable rebuilding project that lies ahead. 
The hope is that we'll now see a new structure altogether at the club, but can we expect to see any notable changes in management or playing personnel in the coming days? I'd seriously doubt it, but you never know. My thanks as always to Miff and to Kenny for joining us on today's episode of the Celtic Exchange, and finally, our thanks to you for listening. We'll see you in February. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts.